One of the things that impresses me most about Damon is his ability to adapt to change and implement new marketing and selling strategies successfully. SEO, marketing, and now AI are dramatically changing the way that we market and sell online. That's why we're hosting our listing strategy workshop to teach you everything you need to know about selling on Etsy from a seller with over 25,000 Etsy orders. Visit thelistingstrategy.com and sign up today and get immediate access to our pre-work that will get you up to speed before class starts on May 23rd. See you in the workshop. Hey y'all, I'm Damon Oates, founder of Deco Exchange. Who else has heard that crafting is just a hobby? I turned my love of crafting into a thriving multi-seven-figure company, surrounded myself in an amazing community, and met some amazing business owners along the way. I'm here to show everyone that makers mean business. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Makers Mean Business podcast. This is episode nine. And today we're going to talk to Andrea Brown, aka the Queen of Joy. Y'all, Andrea has been a member of our business coaching group since the beginning, and the changes she's made in her business have allowed her to share her joy with thousands of people all across social media. So let's jump right into the interview, y'all, and hear more about Andrea's story. All right. Hey, Andrea, can you introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about what you do? Yes, I'm Andrea Brown with Ranch House Reese and More, Ranch House Craft Supplies, uh, HowToChooseJoy.com. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm a maker. I create wreaths, centerpieces, etc. That's been what I've done for 40 plus years. And um, but more importantly, I've found that people need to be inspired by my story, by some of the you know things that I've gone through and still been able to come out, choosing joy and having a happy life and creating pretty things. And uh, so that's really become this strange um, life that I live now where I'm constantly trying to encourage and hopefully have been successful. So how did you get started? Well, uh, back in 1980, I'm dating myself here. I took some classes. Austin at that time had a where you could be certified to work with well real flowers, and uh, so I took those classes because I love nature and florals, and it seemed like the natural thing to do. Um, along came baby one, so that kind of you know stalled things a bit. But I found uh, artificials. They weren't then like they are now at all. Um, and started creating. And back then we did it. We had what we what Austin had this show called the Sammy Show. It was a huge event at the convention center, and you, you, it was a juried show. And so I did Sammy shows for a long time. I did uh, other craft shows, you know, local things in Austin, and uh, flea markets. Not the flea market of today where it's a bunch of junk from China, but where people actually went to purchase things that people made. There were a lot of different makers then. So that's how it all started. It was so that I could make an additional income to give my kids all those little extra things, you know, and to give them a big Christmas or a big birthday or, or a vacation. And so that's how it started. And then, you know, baby number two comes and baby number three and baby number four. <laughs> and uh, my life became very, very busy. So I had less and less time to um, create. Uh, 
I always made time and I created something, even quilting. I, I did all kinds of things um, because I think some of us are just born with that gene where we, we can't help ourselves. We have to create even as children. So that's where my ever humble start uh, in the business world of, of creating or being a maker started. However, I did not understand when I decided to come back into the industry, this thing called e-commerce. <laughs> I was totally lost. I didn't know what to do. I made recent things for churches and people and things like that. And then I, I got on Facebook and I found this young man named Damon who was on there, a guy making these amazing mesh wreaths. I'm not a mesh person. Not that I don't like it. I'm just not, it's not my thing. But that kind of changed. And so then I immediately joined your group, your business coaching group, and learned how to have an e-commerce business and how to be successful with it and, you know, all the things that go along with it. It's not as simple. Well, let me put it this way. It's easy, but it's not simple. It, it actually takes work. <laughs> so that's where it started. Yeah. And has being a maker always been an easy thing for you or always a way to choose joy? Um, I think so. I think being a maker is for a lot of us. I know from, you know, from so many that I've met in the last three or four years, especially it's uh, it's sort of a therapy. You know, it's cheaper than therapy, actually, believe it or not, even with all the ribbon, you know, Um so, yeah, I think so. You know, it's it's sometimes it's as simple as uh, making your house beautiful, making something for your home or as a gift. I know I did a lot of making um, gifts when I just didn't have the money to, to buy people gifts for their special occasions. So I made them. Uh, my children, every all four of them were a, a maker of some type or another. So. Yeah, uh, making has always been a part of my life, even as a young person. And has it always been easy? No, no, it has not. Um, the making itself is easy. Um, as long as it, the hard part is keeping current. And that I think that's a problem for those of us, you know, I'll be 60 next year. And I think for those of us in my age category, we kind of tend to get into our comfort zone of design, you know, something that we've always done. Like back in the day, it was mauve and blue and swans or ducks. Well, those days are over. <laughs> so as a maker, I think probably the most difficult thing one is step out of your comfort zone and two is to keep it current keep it relevant if you want to be a maker that sells things you have to make what people want whether it's your thing or not even mesh just saying <laughs> the anti-mesh person no not anti-mesh you know why it's rough on these old hands <laughs> except the new paper mesh it's not yeah. So I know like um, your story hasn't always been joyful. You've had some hard times. How did being a maker help you come out of that hard time? Well, <clears throat> there are a lot of hard times that are actually going to be in the book that, you know, I, I don't need to explain today. But obviously, when I when I lost my children in uh, April of 2000, I went through whatever all the processes that you have to go through. But I always was able to return back to being a maker. For example, 
this may sound terrible to somebody, but I made it my job as part of continuing to take care of my children, the two that passed, making the gravesite beautiful, putting out flowers and making sure that they laid just right and they were planted just right. And, and I put a box out there and just all kinds of things in regards to that. And that really helped. It helped to drive up to their gravesite and it be beautiful. And, and that was part of the maker in me. Um, I started uh, quilting, which is making also, because I want and I taught myself because I wanted to be able to take their clothes and make a quilt out of their clothes and wrap myself in that. Don't ask me if I've made that quilt yet, because <laughs> I haven't. But um, so there was making in that. And then um, there's there, I was I've always worked with flowers, you know, out in the yard flowers that you that you plant. Um, that was important, but also wreaths for the door that, that welcomed people. We still had a home. We still had a family. And we still had friends that, that uh, visited. So we always tried to make it welcoming. And that was part of making my own things to be, you know, hospitable to them. Yeah. And this hasn't only affected your life. It's also brought... Uh, your daughter and your husband to be a part of your current business, right? Absolutely. Um, first, they were very encouraging when I decided to 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 do this e-commerce thing, just selling race, Etsy, you know, local, that kind of thing. They were all very supportive. Mom, you need to do this because you make too much crap. So you, you need to get it sold. So that was <laughs> that's probably the reason they were so supportive. Get it out of the house, man. But um there was there came a point when well actually you did a challenge where y'all you need to go live twice a week no excuses you couldn't even be in the hospital and use that as an excuse not to get your lives done for six months from june to to the end of december that challenge i thank god and damon they're not the same persons just so y'all know <laughs> uh for that challenge because first it pushed me out of my comfort zone. I've always been a speaker. I've always taught people from a stage. Uh, so that, that wasn't, I wasn't nervous about that, but allowing somebody in to see your design process and how you do or don't make sense sometimes about what you're doing. That was really a challenge, but I did that challenge and I'm, I was so proud of myself because one of the things that, well, it was you at the time, y'all, I'm not, kissing his butt it's the truth um he always encouraged not only stepping out of your comfort zone but you've got to build an audience and you have to know your audience and so the only way i could do that from this little podunk town in central texas was on lives and i was very blessed i'm, I'm so thankful i had the courage to take that challenge damon it it made all the difference and I, I have this amazing community of people, my own little tribe, for lack of a better word. And then the, the bigger picture, the, the, the community, I like to call it the community that love built. Um, and you are the biggest influencer of that community and have encouraged so many people. And it's that community and that tribe that I built through that challenge that has made all the difference in our business. So 
in line with that, some of them were saying, I can't afford the product. I, you know, I want to make it like yours because it looks better than mine, even when I use the same things. So I thought, okay, I can sell flowers. I can do that. Um, and so that's how it started. And I sat down and talked with the girls and I said, if this really works, are y'all interested? That, that would be Jesse, my daughter, and my daughter in love, uh, Deborah. And um, they said, yeah, we'll do it. Sure. And it worked. It was the weirdest thing. It worked. People liked what we did and they kept asking for more. Add this, add this. And my granddaughter will be the future of this business. Just let me tell you. She is an entrepreneur like you wouldn't believe. She's the future Damon. Um, but so it's it's helped with her too. Uh, my daughters took it, you know, took it by the horns. I don't have to worry about all the technical stuff that I don't like to learn about, as you know. Um, and it allows Jessie, who has two chronic illnesses, to work around her illness, which is a blessing. And it allows my daughter, Deborah, to raise my granddaughter by being there and being present. That's awesome. And it's amazing the trickle effect of what that is doing for you and your granddaughter and then the listeners' children that are also participating. Yeah, it is. Isn't that awesome? The, and, and it is funny how one little thing can affect so many people in a good way. Yep. Wish the world would know that. So if you could go back to when you first started your online section of the business, what is one thing that you wish you would have known or that you know now? First of all, I would have made sure that I had a business coach. That is the first thing. People ask me all the time, you know, how to, how to start it as a business, how to get it going. That's my first piece of advice. Why? Because then you're never alone. You have some, and guys, be very careful about the selection of your business coach. Um, make sure that they know what they're talking about, that they have experience, those kinds of things. So do the research and get yourself a business coach that is a good fit for you so that you have someone that can lead you by example. The e-commerce world isn't as simple as people or as easy as people think. Ultimately, it's relatively simple once you get going, but you have to have a leader. And that, you know, I'm very blessed, by the way, the business coach that I chose and um, it made all the difference and it gave me the courage to see outside what I already knew you know it's easy to be a maker but it's not easy to be a business person in the making industry if you don't know what you're doing so that that probably would be the first thing I wish you had been a business coach a couple of years sooner just saying <laughs> I was stuck at the nine to five <laughs> right so for someone just starting out, besides finding a business coach, what would be three quick and easy tips that you would suggest for them? Get legal. Um, we hear lots of stories about people not, not following the process. If you want to be in the business, run it like a business. If you want to have a hobby, run it like a hobby. But if you want to be a business, the first thing you need to do, I think it's, um, oh gosh, I can't think of her name right now, who says get legit. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to do. You know who I mean. I, yeah, that's our friend Emily. She'll Emily, be yes. she'll be on a future podcast for sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I love her. Um, and that that to me is the single most important thing. If you want to run it as a business, if you don't want to run it as a business, then keep on doing what you're doing. Um, secondly, don't depend on the support of your 
family, your friends, your little community, you know, in your world. Uh, if you're going to depend on them for the success and support that you need for your business, you're going to fail. Um, most people are happy for you when you're successful, but they don't necessarily want to be the one that buys all your wreaths or whatever it is you're selling, your signs, etc. So step outside of that. And, and part of that is Etsy. People are doing great on Etsy. Uh, Facebook, if you can go live, go live. Um, it, for me, it made all the difference. And um, I don't know, let me think. Third, challenge yourself. Um, have the courage to challenge yourself. And I don't mean uh, like me, uh, go from doing a grapevine to doing a mesh. That's really not the kind of challenge I'm, I'm talking about. Challenge yourself. And part of challenging yourself is taking the time to invest in you. And by that, I mean, take the courses that you need. Don't just buy them, do them, take them. Read the books that you need uh, for whatever direction you're headed. Buy the tutorials. They don't cost that much and they will definitely guide you along your way. So those would probably be my three top tips. Awesome. So basically, get legit, step out of your comfort zone, and be a course implementer and not a course collector. I've collected a few, I'll be honest. <laughs> Me too. I have a whole <laughs> graveyard of courses out there. But but you inside that graveyard of courses, there were some that fit were a fit for you. And and I think that's what's really important. And, and you know, it's nothing wrong with learning more and educating yourself. Even in even in the industry that we're in, plus it'll give you a, a a fresh confidence. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So with all of the hectic things going on in the world right now with COVID and just life, have you had any major surprises in your business lately? Wow, not real. You know, we we didn't close uh, our business. Thankfully, you know, it's just us. The same people at the ranch work at the at the at not. We're not in the same house, but we all work at the same warehouse. So we didn't have to close, and we were able to offer you know continuous service, much like you did. We just had to make adjustments. Um, one of the interesting things that that I never thought about me. I was talking with an influencer who is also a mentor uh, to me. He's a good friend of yours, I know. As a matter of fact, I think I met him through you or Rachel one. Anyway, um, he said, well, Dre, you are an influencer. What are you talking about? I, I'm not an, no. And then, you know, and he guided me to understand that if you are helping people in any way, but in, most importantly, affect positive change in their life, whether it's five or 5,000, you're an influencer. You're making a difference. And that was pretty eye-opening for me. As a matter of fact, he's the one who encouraged me to do the ebook and gave me a lot of direction. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about Roberto. Uh, yes, Roberto, Roberto is actually, he's scheduled to join us next week, maybe, on the podcast. Awesome. So. Y'all got to tune in for that. He's awesome. Yeah, for sure. He is. He, he, he really, um, second to you in the business world, he's probably one of the 
people who most influenced me, like in a direction. He kind of helped me um, forge a forge a path for myself, and um, he taught me how to set goals in threes and not be so overwhelmed by goals. Uh, because sometimes they overwhelm me, although it's one of the things I tell people you you must do. You have to visualize your future so that you can visually see where you're headed. And, and yeah, he's a great guy. I I, I always recommend him and his, his uh, ready-to-propel parts, the things that he does. Yeah, for sure. So you've mentioned uh, ebook a few times. You want to tell us about what's coming? I will tell you a little bit. Because the rest you have to buy to read. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as you know, I do coffee with Dre every Monday. It was an accident during that challenge. I wasn't prepared for a live completely, and I had already scheduled it. And Jesse says, Mom, you're having coffee. Just let them have, just talk to them. Talk to them and drink your coffee. I was like, all right, I can do that for 15, 20 minutes. Turned into a two-hour live. Um, and all we did, all I did was told them a little bit about my story. And they all just like, Dre, how did you? How are you so strong? How do you bury children? Look at you got a permanent smile on your face. How, how, how? And so Coffee with Dre was born. And it's been going on almost two years now. And it's every Monday. And it's really me facilitating people in an interchange of encouragement with one another where people um, tell their story. You know, everybody has a story and it's really makers in particular, it seems have some kind, the majority, not all have some kind of sadness from their past, uh, you know, an accident, losing a house, losing, you know, it could be any number of ugly divorce, loss of children, loss of a spouse. So, People started saying, you really, you ought to write a book. Like, yeah, okay, I got time for that. You ought to write a book. And so I thought, you know what? I ought to write a book. When COVID hit, I thought, oh my goodness, I cannot sell a book to people right now. And Roberto, and I can't remember the young lady's name on one of his um, classes, said, what do you mean you don't want to charge people? They need you right now. There's bad things. And, and this is, was just at the beginning stages of COVID. Um, they need to hear that they'll be able to make it through and that, that things will be okay. And they need to understand things that they can do through the process. Um, this is what he told me. He said, Dre, you've been through a mess that gives you a message. You can't have that message and share that message if you haven't worked through the mess. And I thought, wow, that's freaking brilliant. And so I started writing. And I'll tell you, let me tell you this. Writing a book is not just putting words on paper. That's a lot of work. There's a lot of people, a lot of players. So it, it was supposed to be complete before today, but it, it's within the next couple of weeks, it'll be released. Uh, we do have a waiting list started at howtochoosejoy.com, and that's what it is. Basically, it's a journey, my journey, because I'm not a professional psychiatrist, I'm not a grief counselor, although I play one on live, <laughs> I, um, and there is disclaimers to that, but I have experiences, and, uh, and it goes beyond the loss of the children. That That's the most uh, obvious, right? 
It goes to a divorce, a ugly divorce, losing a home, losing my dad, and how I made it through these steps in my life and how other people have shared with me how they made it through. Because choosing joy is just that. It's a choice. But you have to cultivate it. You have there's, there's things you have to do every day to be able to have that reserve in your core of joy to, you know, to pull from. To, so that you can be an encouragement, so you can be a servant, not just to yourself, but to others as well. Absolutely. And you said they can find that at choosejoy.com? Howtochoosejoy.com is the waiting list where okay. those that join the waiting list will have a reserved copy immediately, of course, but will uh, be notified the moment it actually releases. Awesome. So besides howtochoosejoy.com, where can they find you online if they want to listen to Coffee with Trey? Uh, they would go, it's Facebook at Ranch House Reese and more. That's Coffee with Trey. It's 10 o'clock central on Monday mornings. And like I said, it's not just me talking, although sometimes I do get on a little bit of a soapbox, but you know, um, I'm allowed because I'm Trey. <laughs> um, but it's a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, of people encouraging one another and telling their stories and you know it's 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 turned into this most amazing thing and thank you for that damon because you gave me the courage to go forward um and to be me and and you you've you've kicked me in the pants a few times even sometimes you message jesse and tell her tell your mother this you know and i appreciate that because that's what keeps me going there are days where i'm thinking who the heck am i why am i doing this and then some little bird will say something and then I'm like, okay, that's it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. When I think about coffee with Dre, I just think, you know, faith, joy, and love. Oh, thanks. I mean, those are the three things that you implement in that coffee talk. Thank you. And that is, and that is thanks to, to our followers and the viewers and people in this beautiful community we're a part of. Now, Coffee with Dre has gone beyond our community. There's a lot of people that join that are not, but it's this beautiful community that we have of such giving souls that want to help people have a better life, not just by what they do, but by who they are. And that is really the constant inspiration. You know that, Damon. There are days where you just want to just, just put your head under the covers and forget about it. And then somebody will tell you some amazing story or something. And that's people in our community. They're awesome. Yeah. So I actually use that as like a technique to help us get through some of those bad days is to snatch those stories and those wins and those people's blessings and Absolutely. save them. I call it my smile file. I love that. And whenever I need one of those stories, I'll just open up that file and read one. All right. Well, I'm going to copy that. Jess, yeah. we need a smile file. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So I have one last question for you. Yes. All right. So can you tell me what being a maker means to you? Well, first of all, it means a lot of things, but I'm going to condense it. Um, I get to wake up every single day and make something beautiful sometimes something beautiful out of nothing um i get to surround myself by beautiful things the florals all all this stuff and through that i get to smile like if if i don't feel like smiling it makes me smile it makes the buyer smile um so being a maker is 
first of all, it's extremely good therapy for the soul, for your own soul, which then allows you to be a better person for everybody else around you. Trust me, there's times I say, go to your studio, just go. Um, yes, even I have to be pushed, forced to choose joy sometimes. Um, but it, and it, it's something that I look forward to. I have a passion about it. And we always have to follow our passion, follow our dream. And that dream is that. And sometimes it's something that you can give to somebody else. But being a maker, first, it has to be about giving to yourself and allowing yourself to find the beauty in what you do. And that's what, what makes it the passion that I wake up with every day. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, all it right, is. Jay. That's all I have for today. Thanks for being a guest. Oh, Any uh, last words or sentiments you want to share with anyone? I think we covered it all, y'all. Just never give up your power. You know what I'm going to say, Damon? Never give up your power, the power to be you, the, the original you. Don't base your power on, don't give other people power to make your opinions for you. And always use some of that power to always, always, always choose joy, y'all. Bye.